Oh yes indeed, you know what it's time for. You know what you come here for every single Monday morning. You know what time it is. It is time for the Power Hour. The one and only Power Hour. You can only get that exclusively right here on The Morning Machine and The 102.6 The Situation. Nowhere else can you get this great influx of information. Information that you need to help yourself and better yourself along your life's journey it's mental health and mindset monday starting with the mental health here at the top of the hour with the one and only dr earl bowen jr let's talk about him for a second because he is assistant professor in social and behavioral science and the university counselor at cheney university of pennsylvania He is licensed by the Pennsylvania State Board of Social Workers, Marriage and Family Therapists, and Professional Counselors. He is also certified in Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. Now, Dr. Bowen has completed countless research on this subject matter, so we have our listening ear here with him today to get the knowledge that we need. And he won't steer you wrong. All right. So with that, additionally, Dr. Bowen serves as associate rabbi at Congregation Temple Bethel, located in my hometown. And even though we lost, it doesn't matter. We need these. We need this adversity to set in so we can win the big game. That's what it's all about. Winning the big game, even if it comes to this learning experience called life. My hometown is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and that is where we get to Dr. Earl Bowen Jr. Dr. Bowen, powerful morning to you yes sir brother rob powerful morning to you my brother absolutely How you doing? feeling good feeling great good. sometimes good. you got to have an extra pep in yeah. your step this weekend even though the <laughs> birds we're not going to talk about the yeah. birds right now because adversity needs to set in in order for us to be able to know how to win effectively and that's how it has to go absolutely yeah i'm with you man it builds it breeds character Adversity breeds character, so this is a good thing. Sometimes you got to take a few so you can appreciate what it means when you're able to rise up. And uh, I'm, I have a lost faith in the boys. Absolutely. They'll be back. Yes, indeed. A- absolutely. And so so what's on tap for Mental Health Monday this morning? What, what are we speaking on today? Well, you know, Brother Rob, I am been thinking lately I mean we've had uh, we've had some losses in our community and uh, you know I'm talking people passing away um, and then of course ironically today being December 11th is my mother's birthday a blessed memory yes. uh, who passed away um, gosh 20 years ago but I remember and so I thought about how important time is and time management. And if you don't manage the time that we have, it can contribute to stress uh, and sometimes unnecessary stress in our lives. And we have to prioritize what's important in our lives. And so I want to talk for a little bit about uh, time management 
uh, as a factor. Mm-hmm. So time management is really managing your time successfully. It's about accomplishing what is most important in your life. So time management starts with managing the things that are most important in your life. Not what's important to other people, but what's most important in your life. Now, the problem is that, you know, when you don't accomplish what you truly want, oftentimes you feel frustrated. And so time management and looking at time management is important because it helps us to identify the goals that are most important to us. And then we gear our lives around those goals. Uh, And effective time management basically means that you have to prioritize. You have to prioritize those things that are most important in your life. Now, we all know about poor time management. But when you think about how you manage your time, and now I'll kind of go from you know, the sort of secular world in our everyday lives, and then I'll go back later to our loved ones. But one of the most important factors of time management is that you have to identify the things that you can control as well as the things that are out of your control. You have to identify those things. Um, And you also have to make sure that you don't succumb to the needs and the demands of others. And I know that might be difficult for some of us to do, um, but you really have to, in order to manage your time effectively, you have to make sure that you are prioritizing what you need in life. And so sometimes there are different different priorities. Um, So the problem that we run into often when we become frustrated around time management is that we try very hard to meet the expectations of other people. So when you try to meet the expectations of other people, while that's laudable in one sense, it also can con- can contribute to poor time management. And it can actually throw off the things that are most important to you. And so sometimes when you're trying to meet the needs of others, you end up shortchanging yourself, which leads to stress, and that impacts our mental health. So the first thing you have to do with time management is that you have to be clear about what your needs are, and you have to be able to set limits on your needs and the needs of others. The problem often happens is that failure to acknowledge this means sometimes we try to be a perfectionist, that we try to be perfect in everything that we do. Uh, Oftentimes, trying to be a perfectionist is a recipe for frustration, and it contributes to poor time management. So perfectionists, for example, are especially prone to procrastination. They procrastinate because they want everything to be just right before they take action. Uh, That also could be a problem in terms of time management. So 
when you look at how do you manage your time effectively, the first thing you have to do is to stack the cards in your favor. So, for example, if we're talking about our everyday lives, use your biological rhythms to your advantage. That is, identify the times of the day when your energy levels are at their highest point. And then do most of your important work at those times. For example, if you work best in the morning, do not plan for studying or doing work that you need to do in the evening. So use your biological rhythms to your advantage. That is, stack the cards in your favor. The other thing is to prioritize the things that you really want to do. Always making sure that you take time to prioritize those people in your life that are most important. But you have to develop uh, an overview of everything that you want to accomplish. So you start by determining uh, a time frame in which you like to work. For example, you might look at things that you want to do within a certain month or the month of January coming up on New Year's. Or you might break it down to the things that you want to work on during this week or you want to work on those things that you want to do today. So it's important to set these goals on a weekly basis. That kind of that works best in many situations. But I can't emphasize enough that you have to organize your goals according to you. The part is very, very important. Um, and so when you look at priorities, you might break them down into two areas, those things that are urgent and those things that are important. And you have to kind of proceed from that standpoint. So you first want to determine what's urgent. And you have to set goals around that urgent need or that urgent area that has to be addressed. And so it's important that you begin to separate the urgent items from those things that are important. And that goes back to prioritizing. And as again, as I emphasized earlier, prioritize your family before you start to prioritize other things in life. Because at the end of the day, it's the time that you're able to spend with your loved ones that really counts the most. It's really the memories. You know, as I talked about my mother passing a blessed memory. It wasn't the material things that I received from her, but it was those memories, those times that we were able to spend together. So make sure that you spend every day making time count for you. So as you begin to place your goals in some priorities, you plan to look at how you're going to distribute your time, but not just your time, but also your energy. Because your energy level starts to, starts to dissipate at a certain time. So that's why you have to know what those biological rhythms are so that you can plan your time in accordance. Now, and so you want to devote your time and energy to according to those priorities. The other thing you have to do is you have to plan ahead according to your priorities. 
especially as you plan ahead. Now, also, although I emphasize planning quite a bit and talking about mental health and dealing with the adverse consequences of things like stress, the most important thing that goes beyond planning is purpose. That is, everything is based on purpose. Because without purpose, planning doesn't really make a lot of sense. You have to understand what is the purpose of everything that you're doing. And that gets us to a sort of a philosophical view about life in general and its basic purpose. And then from there, you begin to plan. You begin to prioritize. But everything is based on purpose. So... Think about the fact that as you look at time management, that you begin to understand that every day is really a day of personal maintenance in our lives. And that certain activities, if neglected, can throw your life out of balance. And life is really about balance. And so, for example, make sure as you plan, as you prioritize, that not only do you spend time with your loved ones or appreciating the time you have with your loved ones, but that you also begin to plan sleep, how long you're going to try to get some sleep, that eating properly, time to socialize, time to exercise, time that you need to get your laundry done, uh, including all of these things are all part of planning and all part of time management. So that all has to be part of your daily activity. But under that category of planning, sometimes you also have to understand that sometimes there could be new, unexpected things that come up because life happens. And so when these things happen, obviously you have to adjust your plan accordingly to avoid frustration that could set in easily. So as you begin to plan your day and you plan how you're going to manage your time, expect some unexpected things to happen. Invariably, they will. And so that also has to be something that you build into planning is expecting the unexpected things to happen because things will go wrong. The computer will, for some reason, break down, you won't be able to get online, and you'll become frustrated and other things. So plan extra time or be ready to adjust your plan in keeping with those high-priority goals. So keeping those things in mind. So the other thing and the final point I want to make on this before I move on for a few minutes is avoid over-planning because over-planning can be just as detrimental to one's mental health and to stress. So over-planning might be doing more than you can humanly get done in the course of the day because you're just ambitious and you want to get these things done. But over-planning is also something else to keep in mind. So time management and how we manage our time has a lot to do with our overall mental health. And if we don't manage our, t our time in an adequate way, it will contribute toward frustration and it will contribute toward stress. So having said that, I want to talk just for a few minutes um, 
about the loss of loved ones and how that relates to uh, grief and mourning. Um, because sometimes as we appreciate those who were with us during our lives, we miss them dearly. But we also have to understand that the time that we were with them has been a blessing. And so I think sometimes people confuse grieving with mourning. Now, these two terms, grieving and mourning, well, it, they, it sounds like they're synonymous. Um, but they're they're really they're really in, uh, some distinct differences here. So when a person is grieving, it's an internal process. It's an internal process that people go through when there's been a loss. Whereas mourning is that's what you see. That's the outward outward appearance. That is mourning is what people do in terms of what you see and so you you see someone and they're not outwardly dis displaying this emotion and you think well how are they doing it they're not grieving well grief is is internal so just because a person is not outwardly showing their emotion it does not mean that they're not grieving the mourning part is what you often see that's usually what people see um, but this whole idea of grief and mourning is highly influenced by things like religion, uh, age, uh, ethnicity, race, uh, a person's relationship with that person that has passed away, and how that affected them during their lives. The two areas, the two main areas of types of grief, are anticipatory grief and unexpected grief or loss. Of course, the anticipatory grief is something where a person has been, a loved one has been with you, maybe they've been on sick or life support. You might anticipate this happening, uh, although, of course, the loss is still shocking. The other idea of grief, though, is the unexpected. That would be, of course, someone just tragically um, being taken away. Uh, those are basically the two types of grief. But I think the other thing that we also have to keep in mind is that people can grieve over many different things, such as, for example, you lost a relationship with someone that you were involved in. Uh, that grieving process could be there. Uh, you lost your job. You could be going through a process of grieving as well. Uh, you recently got a divorce, uh, a process of grief, a uh, major life change that occurred. Uh, maybe you were just diagnosed with a, uh, an illness. That means that you've lost the use of some part of, of your limbs or body. You could mourn that loss as well. And sometimes it could be as simple as moving to another city uh, and then not having um, the, the familiarity of your, your present uh, living situation. So this whole idea of grief and mourning, although we think of it as a terminal area, it could also be based on life circumstance that go on uh, in our lives. 
And so I just wanted to talk briefly about that because uh, I know in our own family we've we've gone through and continue to go through now the loss and what that means. Um, but I just want to also mention that um, people use uh, people grieve in different ways, and uh, it's a very personal thing, a very personal process. Uh, that kind of leads me to the last point I wanted to make um, before we end today, Brother Rob. And it's really um, about empathy. And the thing about empathy is that it's also one of those things that um, can be confusing to some people because it can be uh, misinterpreted with sympathy. Um and so just a few words about empathy. You think about, as some people would say, walking in another person's shoes or understanding the individual's world is an example of, of empathy. And so empathy, broadly speaking, involves understanding another person and fostering an emotional connection understanding the individual and fostering an emotional connection. It's like an attunement with the feelings and meanings of another person. And so it is this connection. It's being able to connect with the lived experience of another person. And it's sort of like momentarily beginning to experience what life is like with that individual. It does not mean that you, I mean, to say to someone, I know how you feel, uh, probably would be an erroneous thing to, to say because you really don't know. But it's trying to understand where that person is at in entering into their world. It's identifying the joys as well as the sorrows of another person, even though it may be a cultural difference between those two things. So empathy is something that we practice, and it's it's an aspect of connecting with others. And so I just wanted to take a few minutes this morning as I reflect on my own life and things that happened, losses, but also the joys of life. I wanted to give us all a time to reflect on management of our time how we manage our time, and the importance of prioritizing the time that we have. And then understanding grief, grieving process, and mourning as a part of life. And finally, practicing how we empathize with others through this sort of personal, interpersonal uh, attunement and connection with another person individually and on an emotional level. Like these are all part of life. These are actually parts of our overall mental health and wellness. Mm -hmm. um, but they're things that sometimes we don't always uh, get a chance to express. I talked about narrative, uh, writing in a journal on last week. Sometimes those things are best expressed in writing. But however you choose to do it, there's no right or wrong. It's you being authentically who you are, and that's what's most important that we're true to ourselves, and above all, we acknowledge those who are meeting the most in our lives, 
and those are the lives of our loved ones, and that we are grateful for the time that we have to spend together. And so with that, uh, Brother Rob, somewhat on a somber note this morning, but uh, I uh, thank you for the time and thank the station, thank Brother Jarvis and all those, Sister Shanice, all those who are involved in the uh, program and uh, making this brand something that will be beneficial to many of us who are able to listen in. So what can I say? All the best. Have a great week. Absolutely. Um, You too, Dr. Bowen. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. And uh, thank you so much.